Welcome back to edition number 37 of Talent Talk. Uh, we're blessed to have uh, John Lamonti on today, who's a former UNF golfer, and now he is he has taken golf and has has made a career for himself caddying. Uh, special thanks to Jeff Dennis as well for setting this interview up. Thank you for being on today, John. Oh, you're welcome. So, um, give a quick introduction about yourself and and what you do in the golf world. All right, I was um, I was born in St. Augustine. I grew up in a small town, Palaka, and um, we moved to Jacksonville, my three siblings and I. We moved um, right before I started high school, which I went to Mandarin, and um, <clears throat> played golf there for four years, and, and then ended up playing golf at UNF, stayed, stayed around town, which was nice. Um, and uh, I've been in Jacksonville now for 24 years, and I have been caddying on the PJ Tour for 12 seasons now. So. It's uh, it's gone by pretty quick, but a lot of great memories, and it's been a lot of fun. So obviously, you've traveled a lot with golfing, but a lot of your life, as you said, has been in the Northeast Florida area. Did you expect that to be the case growing up? You know, I was, I mean, growing up from a kid, I thought I was going to be in baseball. Like, that was kind of my, that's where my heart was. And then <clears throat> when I, I was playing golf and baseball at the same time, and then they happened to be the same season in high school. So I had to pick one or the other and I ended up picking golf. And so I just, I really got focused on it and I, I just found a love for it and <clears throat> it ended up, you know, being a part of my career, but no, I didn't, I wasn't, I, I never thought I was going to be a caddy. I, I actually thought I was going to be a player, but, <laughs> but um, it's very difficult to uh, make a living playing golf. There's only, there's only a select few that get that privilege. So, I mean, it's, uh, but it's a great game and I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled to be around it. And, um, yeah, as a, and now that it's a career, it's, it's been, it's been amazing. So going into, um, after, you know, playing sports in, in youth in the youth leagues, you end up going to UNF, um, was baseball a, an opportunity for you in college? And cause you said you had a passion for it and how did it kind of end up that you were going to be a golfer in college? Well, no, there was not an option to play um, baseball in college. I, um, when, I, when I started my freshman year in high school, that's when I, I said I was going to totally focus on golf and kind of just let baseball just, you know, just be there, be a fan. You know, I was a big, you know, I, I followed baseball way more than I followed golf. And um, I just wanted to uh, really take on golf. And the reason that I chose golf um, you know, playing on a baseball team, it, I mean, it was, it was fun. And I just felt like, um, you know, not everybody on the team had the same competitive um, levels that I had. And so, you know, you got, you know, you might lose games because guys just didn't really want to be there, you know, growing up, you know, it's like their parents may have, you know, wanted them to be there, but the kid didn't really want to be there. And I, I saw a little bit of that where I was just like, oh, we lost the game because he didn't really care. And so when I, when I started playing golf, I realized, you know, all that, you know, competitiveness, it was, it all relied on me. And I was the one that had to kind of really, you know, get a result. And so when I kind of felt that, and then, you know, you start winning some tournaments and you're like, oh, this is fun. And, and, and that's kind of what pushed me in the, in the golf. And so I think it was a little bit is like more individual. Um, although now I'm on a team, Yeah, um, but <laughs> But at the, at the time, that's where kind of, I, well, I mean, I was, I was, I mean, what, 14 years old and I was like, I want to win everything I do. 
and then I, you know, I got a taste of that in golf and I was like, Oh, this is, this is all, all me. I'm controlling everything that's going on and I just have to beat everyone I'm playing against. So that's kind of what led me to golf. And, um, I, you know, I, you always think like what, what could have been with baseball, but you know, it, it, uh, it's all worked out. Mm-hmm. Who's your, who's your team for baseball then? I grew up a um, Atlanta Braves fan. I mean, the, the Chipper Jones, the, you know, John Smoltz, Greg Maddox, um, you know, I, I just, I followed them and that was my team. Yeah. That's a, that's a prime time to be a Braves fan. Uh, I grew up a Cubs fan and, um, our, our, the, the smallest sniff of the playoffs in the, in the nineties got just destroyed by the Braves in 98, but, uh, that was, that was about it. But Greg Maddox came back to the Cubs later. So I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so growing up, were you caddying a lot too? Because I know a lot of people, even if they're not golfers and, you know, they'll caddy in the summer and they'll, they'll make some money doing that. Were you doing that? I was not. I was not. And it's, it's a pretty interesting story on, on how I did, you know, get into caddying. So when I was a junior golfer, I was 17. I, I just played in my first AJGA tournament, which is kind of the, the, the big tour for junior golf. I just played. My first one was at Windsor Park here in Jacksonville. And I ended up the final round. I shot a 65 course record, which was, you know, it was at that point, it was the highlight of my junior career. And it really kind of got things moving in the right direction. You know, my confidence, my schedule, I was able to play in bigger tournaments. So I ended up playing in a match play um, AJG event, match play event down um, in Orlando at the Disney course. Well, the tournament started out as a stroke play event and there was 120 players and it, and they cut the match play after 36 holes down to 32 players. So you had 36 holes, let's make match play. And then it's just match plays a head to head. And um, so I remember on my 36th hole that event or that in the stroke play, I was like, I, I feel like I'm really close to make a match play, but I need to make a birdie. I need to make a birdie. So it was a tough par four. I hit a nice drive. And so I have a four iron in on this par four and I hit the shot and it's right at it. And I, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of talking to it and it goes in for Eagle. <laughs> wow. So it goes in, it goes in for Eagle. I'm running down the fairway. going crazy. And my, my, the guys I'm playing with, the guys I'm playing against, are going crazy too. They're like, that was unbelievable. <laughs> so, so I make match play. In the second round of match play, I end up playing a, a Chris Stroud, mm-hmm. who um, becomes one of my really good friends. You know, after college golf, we we played against each other then. But you know, in, back in the you know the the late '90s, that's when Tiger was coming on the scene, and Tiger didn't he didn't talk to his competitors, and that's what we saw. So I wasn't really talking. Much, but then we end up. Um, you know, I saw Chris Stroud. I saw his name a lot. Well, he ended up well, to go back to that. He ended up um, beating me in the second round. And you know, he was a really good player. Ended up having a, a great college career. And so I always followed his name. I, we never crossed paths in college. He played at Lamar um, over there in Texas, and I never. We never crossed paths. Well, we finally crossed. We both turned pro at the same time in um, 2005. And so we're at a we're at a ranking. It was called the Hooters Tour at the time, and we were at a ranking school. And I and I I see him right before the final round. He's he's in the final group. I'm in the second second to last group, and we're just trying to earn our our kind of um, our ranking as far as um, what number or how many tournaments we get in. So it's just kind of your the number associated with um, how you finish. So 
we were both going to qualify for the Hooters tour. And so he's like, so I go up to him in the snack bar and I said, Hey, I said, I don't know if you remember me. And I introduced myself. He's like, absolutely. I, I remember you, you know, clear as day. He goes, well, I'm going to be out here all year. Let's room together. I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, I'd love to. So I end up becoming, we become roommates. We're playing on the Hooters tour in 2005 and six. And then in, um, yeah, in 2006, there's a break on the Hooters tour and he, he qualified into some, um, now, now they're known as corn fairy events, but they were the nationwide tour, I think back then. So he's like, Hey, I'm in these events or I'm in a, an event. Um, he qualified and he's like, we caddy for me. And I'm like, yeah, I'll come caddy. I mean, we don't have any tournaments for the next five weeks. So I'm like, yeah, I'll come caddy. So I go on a caddy for him. We finished fit. And I'm like, this is, this is fun. I mean, made a paycheck and we, we were in the, we were in the, in the, you know, in the heat, you know, battling down the stretch, almost trying to win a tournament. I'm, that was cool. Tells me I'm kind of helping him a little bit. So ends up, he, he ends up playing really well. Then the next year, he, um, he got his card, PJ Tour card in 2007. So then I had gone back to playing after those couple events, and I was still trying to make it out there as well. Well, he ended up um, asking me at the end of 2007 when he got his card, he's like, you want to come caddy for me? I'm like, I'm still trying to make it. You know, give me some time. And so then he's playing on tour for a couple years. In 2009, he, now he's, he's played on tour at this, at this time, uh, like over, just over two years. So he's like, hey, I'm going to give my caddy a break. Is there any way you can come caddy for me in the Canadian Open? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't, I don't have anything really going on. I was kind of dabbling, trying to figure out where I was going to go with my career, what I was going to do. And so um, I remember it was – I price-lined a flight, which means you're kind of locked in. There's, mm -hmm. no, there's, no, <laughs> there's no changing. And that was kind of when Priceline was really doing, um, doing big things. And um, – so I ended up going up there, had a carry-on bag, that's it, and um, I get up there, and on um, Monday, Chris finds out that his, his grandfather had passed away, unfortunately, so he withdrew and left the tournament, but I was there for the week. I had, I had hotel, I had a flight, I had everything just booked, so I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to hang out and enjoy it. I know some of the guys because I've been in pro golf, I, they've gotten on tour, and I'm just going to, you know, enjoy it. It's a little week in Canada, away from the, you know, Florida heat, so... Mm -hmm. I'm, um, I'm hanging out and then I see, I see a, um, a couple of guys that I know. And one of them was Brendan Todd, who was also, he might've been a rookie that year. And I saw him just in the parking lot randomly. And, uh, he was, he was, he was leaving for the day and I, he saw me and he's like, Hey man, what's going on? Like, what are you doing here? And I was like, kind of explain. And I told him, um, he asked me what I was up to. I said, you know, I'm just doing some long drive, which I was competing in a long drive at the time. And, he goes, man, I'd love to hit it further. Maybe you can show me some things. Here's my, we exchanged numbers and I kind of went on with my business. Well, Saturday comes along and um, he calls me and he's like, hey, I just, um, I missed the cut. I'm splitting up with my caddy. Is there any way, can you caddy for me next week in the Buick Classic? I'm like, and, to my, and I'm like, well, what? Like, I'm not really a caddy, but like, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> and so I started caddying for him in 2009 and that's how it all started. So I, it was by accident. <laughs> it was just kind of by chance. I, I saw him in the parking lot. I was, you know, he wanted to hit it further and I was like, well, I can hit it far. Like maybe I can show you a thing or two. And, and, and um, yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of what started. And um, now here we are 12 years later. That's, that's wild, but it's a testament to just be around 
things and sometimes the opportunities come to you. Um, that's, that's pretty much what happened there. So at that point, you're transitioning. Was there ever a, a, a moment where you're like, I am fully committed to now being a caddy like that you can point to? Well, when I was caddying for, for Brendan, he, he didn't have his, you know, he didn't have his best stuff the uh, remainder of the year. And he, he, he didn't play that great. So I was kind of doubting myself a little bit. And then um, in 2010, I was just, I was, I was really kind of searching to, you know, see what I enjoyed. And I, I did medical sales for like two months and it wasn't for me. And I wasn't, I wasn't in, into sales. And so then I ended up, I just said, you know what, I really, I really want a caddy. And that's what made me realize it when I was like, well, I got this medical sales job. Everyone wants to do that, but I want a caddy. So I contacted, um, you know, actually one of Brendan's good friends, Chris Kirk. Um, and I, I just kind of, I, I basically sold myself as much as I said, I didn't want to sell anything. <laughs> I said, Hey, Hey, if you're looking for a great caddy, I want to come caddy for you. And it was his rookie year. And then, and then, and I got out there and I said, I'm going to take this to the next level. And I just, I just continued to work hard. And, um, you know, in, in caddying, it's, 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 it's trial and error a little bit. You got to, um, and you just, and it's an experience. You got to experience kind of the highs and lows. I mean, in caddying, it's not all just like glamorous. I mean, there's the things that, you, you know, that, that we're doing to, to better ourselves and to, to learn, you know, our player and learn what they want, learn how to communicate, you know, the dialogue. There's so many important things, but that's what you, you that's kind of when I decided in 2011 that I was going to really, you know, be serious about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go into that as a caddy. That's one of the things that struck me is when you're caddying, you're, 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 you're being personable. You're learning about the players as golfers, but as people, and then you're also having to learn the courses, learning what clubs they use better at different points. What was that learning experience like and, and how do you go about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, every player is different and they want different things. Some want, you know, more information. Some want less information. You know, um, I... I mean, I, I basically, I just went out there and I just tried to absorb as much as I could, um, you know, being around other pros in the group and just kind of seeing, you know, what was kind of going on. You, you get paired with a really top player and just see how the player and caddy interact. And you're like, okay. And, you know, pick up on things because you're always around other players and caddies. So you can, and you can hear everything they're talking about when they're standing on the TV, you can hear every, the dialogue. and so then you start learning. You're like, okay, I really like how he said that. Or I don't really like how he said that. Like, but you just pick up on things and then it just becomes, you know, part of, you know, how you communicate with your player. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, you, you always have that, that information at, the, at hand, but you got to utilize it well and it, it can create, you know, an interesting uh, bond that you have with your with the golfer too. go into what that's like uh you know obviously you and chris have, have been great friends uh for a long time um you know what is that what is that relationship like with the between the golfer and the caddy yeah i mean you you know 
you, you build this trust and that's what that's what that's the key to caddying especially you know for from a long-term caddying standpoint with a player you build you build trust so that when you know things aren't going well or there is a big moment the player can really lean on you to help you know to help in making a decision you know um so yeah when you're on a team i mean you're really um you're, you're together a lot you get to know you know you get to know their family you get to know you know a, pretty much everything about them and it's um it, it's really cool that you actually you know get that opportunity because most people i, I think most people think that you just kind of well, not at the highest level, but as far as the caddy goes, you just kind of show up. You meet the guy, meet a guy on the on the tee, and say, "I'll caddy for you." And then he carries the bag, and done carrying the bag, he keeps he cleans the clubs, and the guy hands him some money, and then it's that's it. But even at even at the club caddying level, I mean, there's relationships that are that are built. Um, and and I know just from a just from the pro ams that we've played in. I mean, I've built relationships with other amateurs that they've become some of my best friends and and it's it's just it's, i kind of give them maybe a little tip on their swing or with their putting and they and they you know because they're pretty nervous when they they're playing with these these professionals in the in the pro-am and then and then you just kind of you develop a relationship with them and, and you just never know where that's going to lead so um so uh Going off of uh, of catting, what is what is what is what is the key to staying sharp when you're not on the course and you're not in the in the tournaments and you're not playing? Uh, like, what are you doing in, in the in between time? Obviously, you have practices and whatnot, but how do you stay sharp? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I've been watching like a little bit of golf, but there's there's not really. I mean, physically, obviously, there's things you can do because you, you have to physically, you know, be in shape. But mentally, um, you know, it, it, it all comes down to just really like experience. Um, there's nothing really you can um, you can maybe read some books on on, you know, the psyche, um, you know, sports psychologist that, that can always help, you know, because, you know, in, in big moments, you, you got to be able to kind of read your player and, and give him, give him what he needs, you know? And, um, I would say physically, physically, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's things you can be doing because it, it the caddying has changed from that, you know, that regard. I feel like guys are, you know, 30 years ago, guys didn't players work at, they didn't go to the gym and Tiger you know, bringing, you know, that fitness level, you know, the highest, you know, level you know everyone is fit out there now so physically there's always something you can be doing mentally i think it's just when you're not caddying you know there's not really much besides maybe you know read up on what what is that for you do you keep in how do you keep in shape uh for the physical side of it and do you golf do you golf you know when you can just to continue to uh work on your game and and see it as a on the player side yeah, I do. I do play. I do play some golf. I don't play as much um, as most people think, but I I do play a lot because yeah, I mean you're you're out there and you got You got to decide. You know, how am I going to play this shot or how aggressive I how aggressive I am I going to be and and you know it's all circumstances. But 
depending on who you're playing against and and whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, I love golf and I love playing. I would say probably the sport I love playing the most. So between tennis, um, I like to do, do cycling, and I, I like to lift weights, do some yoga here and there. You got to you got to maintain your flexibility and. And and that and that that's a big deal in, in caddying because you know you're carrying you know some heavy weight around and you just you know you don't want to go down due to something you know breaking. I know Adam Scott's a bit of a surfer. I don't know if he's made you do that yet. <laughs> well, I have gone out with him. I went um, into let's see at the beginning last year at Pebble Beach Pro Am. We were paired with Kelly Slater, and he was. <laughs> Inviting us to the uh, his wave pool out there in um, Lemoore, California, which is it's about a three-hour drive east of Pebble Beach, and um, so we went Monday. And I'm not much of a surfer, but um, I did get in the water with Kelly Slater and Adam um, that day, and it was it was it was amazing. I mean, what a what an experience that was. I mean, I was actually riding the same wave as Kelly Slater at one point. So I was like, wow, that is. So I have, I mean, Adam, he does, he does love surfing and he's, he's actually, he's pretty, pretty good at it too. Um, I was very impressed um, with him surfing that way. That's, that's really crazy. I don't think, yeah, that you probably envisioned that, uh, that turn in your career bringing you to the same wave pool as Kelly Slater, but there you are doing it. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, Adam being an Aussie and living in the Caribbean, I think he's probably obligated to get on the board every once in a while when he can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He what loves it. it. Actually, he, I know he did. Uh, yeah. He went Monday after, um, after he won the Genesis earlier this year. I know that's, that was kind of one of the things he wanted to do was get in the water that Monday before he went down to Mexico. And, and I know he, he loves every, uh, every, every bit of it. So that was two years ago that you um, began, began to caddy for him, correct? It's, it's in October. It'll be two years that I've been caddying for Adam. How has the that last uh, those last two years been, and then transition into this period? Obviously, the little bit of the dead period in competing. How how how's this time been for you? Yeah, I mean, it was um, a really good phone call to get. I um. Yeah. <laughs> just traveling back. I was traveling back from Ireland. I had my bachelor party in Ireland and, um, Adam, um, he reached out to me and, and asked me if I was interested and, and I was very interested. So, um, you know, our first three events were in Asia. So three courses I, that I, that I was not familiar with. So I had to go and, and, and learn those courses and, and kind of learn what, you know, learn more about him, you know? Um, so we had it, we had a successful three weeks and then, you know, and then the job was, um, was, was for me. So, um, yeah, we, it's been, it's been a great, what, 18 months. He's, um, he's, he's a really, really good player and great guy. And, um, the transition has been wonderful. Um, and, uh, and, and then over the last couple, let's see, the last three months since the players, was canceled you know he's he's been down in australia and uh we've been communicating just trying to figure out there's you know there's just so many unknowns with this the COVID 19 and and i'm you know the tour is kicking off both the pga and corn fair this week 
And, I, you know, it, it sounds like they have a very thorough plan in place. And I just hope it runs really smooth these next, you know, couple weeks is they don't have fans out there. Um, you know, so for us, it's, um, it, it's actually been, it's, it's been nice. I mean, I love caddying and I'm passionate about it and I can't wait to get back, but it, it has been a nice break over the last, well, first of all, I've been married for a year and a half now. So my wife has enjoyed, you know, the last three months. It's just, mm-hmm. she's, she's had, um, well, I've had her full attention, um, <laughs> and or vice versa. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, when you travel a lot, which, you know, I was traveling, you know, I would say 30 weeks a year and on a lot, but to have this, this stretch, of, you know, it's going to be end up being at least four months where I'm here and I've gotten in a good routine and, and it's been nice, but I'm ready to get back to it. I, I love competing and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great finish to the year. I mean, I, I really feel like, um, you know, we got some really big tournaments coming at you know ahead of us. Um, we got the couple majors and the playoffs, and really looking forward to getting back out there. Uh, what else do you do? Speaking of this this time away, what else are you passionate about? How else do you fill your time? I know you mentioned cycling, tennis, you know, doing things like that. But anything else? Yes, I I um, have recently really gotten into fishing, and I, you know, growing up, my dad had a boat and. We, we, I'd go out with my bro, two brothers and I, we'd all go, go fishing. And, and I just didn't have the patience for it like I do now. So I don't mind, you know, sitting in one spot for two hours and, and fishing where it was, it was, I mean, 10 minutes, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, all right, no, no bites. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. <laughs> but, but now I can sit there for two hours and not get any bites and just enjoy it, you know, thoroughly. So I've really been fishing. I've been catching some nice fish. Um, it's, it's been really cool, um, going offshore or just staying in the intercoastal. So I've, I've fished a lot recently and, um, and it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And I mean, and you're a good spot in the country for, you know, all those, those activities too. So you can't, you can't go wrong about that at all. Um, no. speaking of location, any favorite trips that you've had with your career, uh, any favorite locations and, 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 and golf courses that you've been, uh, com- uh competing on? Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, you know, going down to Australia last winter for us, or last December, we had the um, Australian Open, the President's Cup, and the Australian PGA. And that trip, you know, it was a lot of fun. I mean, when you're working, you know, with one of the top Australian golfers to ever play the game, you know, you, you just, you just this atmosphere that is created around, you know, the golf down there especially being with him, it was just, it was, it was amazing. I mean, the president's cup was, I mean, it's something I'll never forget. And I mean, that golf course, Royal Melbourne, I mean, it is, it's definitely in my top three that I've ever seen. And it played very difficult and you had to really, you know, hit it in the right spots. And I mean, as everyone saw, I mean, it was, it was, it was an incredible event. And, um, but yeah, I mean, the Australia going down Australia with Adam was, was very special. And, and then we, and then after the President's Cup to win the Australian PGA in front of you know a lot of his family and close friends, it it meant a lot, especially since he hadn't won in in you know a couple of years. Um, you know, that was a great trip. But before before I started caddying, I would say that I went to Scotland and played St Andrews. It was kind of when I was playing my professional golf, and I just went over. It was more of a fun trip, but 
the golf over there is outstanding. And so anyone, if you ever, I mean, everyone needs to go, if you're a golfer, you need to go play somewhere either in, you know, Scotland or Ireland. Um, we had a great, great trip over there for my bachelor party. We played Royal Port Rush. Um, it was, it was, you know, a couple months before the, um, the British Open over there. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, the golf over there is incredible. And, and like I said, I highly re recommend it because it's just so much different than, you know, the golf in our backyard here in Florida. You know, you can, I mean, you can putt, you can putt it from a hundred yards. You can't really do that here. Yeah. <laughs> especially, th especially this time of year when we're getting all the rain. Right. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit slower. That's for sure. And I mean, just the history and being around it and how lush it is everywhere and just kind of the, the environment is is unique. I, I do want to make it out there. Any tricks of the trade for you when you're traveling? Like what foods do you eat? You know, how do you stay in shape? You know, how do you manage that? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people that travel, they're like, it's so hard to, to eat clean on the road. And I feel like it's actually easier because it's just me. So I can just go and order and just order clean food. And then when I'm home, it's like, okay, well, you're around the people that you want to kind of enjoy, you know, maybe some sweets with or what, what, whatever you like. Um, but, um, you know, you know, I'm, when I'm on the road, I don't eat a bunch of rich food. I try to, I, I try to eat just lean and, you know, healthy, just so I'm kind of light on my feet. I don't want to, I don't want to be dragging at all. Um, you know, get plenty of rest, you know, you know, during, during tournament weeks, like we have, we have, we don't, I don't drink alcohol. Um, it's nice when you're home to have a glass of wine, you know, or whatnot. But when I'm on the road, I mean, I'm strictly business and, and you know, a lot of, some people have mentioned, they're like, Oh, you're going to this city, this city, man, you guys you must yeah. have a blast going out. I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm in bed. And I mean, we're getting up at four 30 for, you know, mm -hmm. our seven thirty tea time. So it, it, you know, you, you have to have discipline on the road and if and if you don't it it can um it can be um it can lead you down the wrong path but i um yeah i, I mean i take i eat a lot of um protein bars you know keeping hydrated is 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 very important you know both for me and for you know whoever i'm caddying for which has to be adam i mean we hydration is very important to us um and um yeah, I mean, we just try to make the best decisions when it comes to, you know, refueling and, and um, you know, getting all the necess necessary um, rest and whatnot. Yeah, I think that's kind of the common thread that I've heard from talking to people that do travel a lot for their careers. And it's, it's always the perception that you can just enjoy this spot or that spot, but it comes down to you got to have that mental clarity every day. So everything you put in your body is adding up to something so um there's there's always that that you tell people it's like ah, i'm sorry i'm being a, i'm being uh, i'm not coming out tonight i'm just you know i have to stay sharp yeah any uh any goals that are on your mind in the near future and then looking ahead past that yeah uh, my first goal uh, win a major um we've been pretty close and you know winning a major is is the number one goal and then, you know, after winning a major, you know, becoming number one, helping, you know, Adam gets number one in the world would be, would be awesome. 
have that, you know, to be have said you've you've worked with the number one player in the world. Um, you know, and, and it's always been special, you know, with the players championship in my backyard. I grew up, I was a standard bearer. Um, I you know, I I played there, I played the golf course in college. I I've mowed the greens out there. Um, and now I get to, you know, caddy for someone that has won it and is gonna win it again. It's gonna be, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to that to that time when I can, you know, win the players. I mean that one that one really means a lot is it's it's just so close to home. So yeah, that's a special one uh, right there, I can imagine. Uh, anything else you want to share, John? Anything uh, that you want to touch on or, or put out there for anybody that's listening? Well, I would say, um, you know, Jacksonville is, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great place to live. I mean, the, the people are so nice. Um, we have, you know, the, the, it's such a great vibe living in Jacksonville Beach. And, you know, people that haven't been here, I mean, it's, it's worth a visit. Because you know we're just kind of tucked away in our own little little world out here, and um, and um, yeah, I mean I would say uh, yeah, just, um, good luck to all, all you out there playing golf, um, and um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, John. And, and speaking for myself, being from the Midwest and moving down here a couple of years ago, it's a very nice spot and it has a little bit of everything. Um, and not a lot of people are aware of all of that when, until they get here. So, But thank you for coming on today, John, and, and making time for, for me and for us. Um, and, and good luck uh, going forward. Thank you. Before we take off, continue to follow everything that is going on in UNF Athletics as we continue to post content on our social media accounts. UNF Ospreys on Twitter, along with all the sports-specific accounts, North Florida Ospreys on Facebook, UNF Ospreys on Instagram, and of course, UNFOspreys.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys here next week.